we are in a series called Spiritual Blessings. Christy started the series several weeks ago. Um, and really, this series came out of the book of Ephesians, the first chapter of Ephesians. There's this verse, and I think we've read this verse in Ephesians chapter 1. Really, every week we've done this series. And it says this. I'll just kind of read it real quick. Praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us in the heavenly realms with every spiritual blessing in Christ. Every spiritual blessing we have because we are united with Christ. So we've been looking at that over the past few weeks. What does that mean? Every spiritual blessing. What is a spiritual blessing? And in other words, you know, practically speaking, really what this series is about is this. What difference does it make to be a Christian? What difference does it make if I live for Christ, if I'm united in Christ? Sure, we get to heaven one day, and that's good, and that should be good enough. But okay, for my days here on earth, what does that mean? Why is anything different? Am I blessed? Too often, our view of faith is this, and maybe you've experienced this. Maybe you're thinking this today. You're just coming to church because it's Sunday morning, and this is what you do. Or you're here in town visiting someone for Thanksgiving, and they said, if you're staying in my house, we go to church. And you're like, great, I don't want to go to church. But you're here anyways. Too often our view of faith is like this. You be a Christian, which means you don't do anything fun anymore, right? Only PG-13 movies for you for the rest of your life. You avoid enough bad things and bad people. You don't talk the way you used to. You don't do any of the fun stuff you used to. And then you get to go to heaven if you do that well enough, right? And you get to spend eternity with all the other non-fun people. Doesn't that sound like a great time? So what does it mean when the Apostle Paul, who wrote the book of Ephesians, he's writing that because we are united in Christ, he has blessed us with every spiritual blessing. And we've talked about this. Stephen preached a couple weeks ago that we are adopted. We, are, we have salvation. That is a blessing. We talked about how there is unity, how there is uh, the dividing wall of hostility has been torn down. That's one of the things that Paul writes about, that we are united with Christ, that we have unity with brothers and sisters in Christ. Christy talked last week about spiritual wisdom and insight, how there is, a, there is an, an actual tangible thing that when we are united in Christ, he blesses us with this spiritual wisdom. There's times where we are at a loss as to what to do with a situation. We can look into the word and we can pray to God and we can sense the Holy Spirit giving us wisdom and insight. These are all blessings that we have. And so today I wanted to look at one more spiritual blessings we have, spiritual blessing that we have as Christians, and it is found in verse 17 of Ephesians 1. If you want to follow along, there should be some black hardcover Bibles in the pew that you are sitting in. But I wanted to read verse 17 through 21 as we take a few minutes today and look at this other spiritual blessing that we have as followers of Christ. Verse 17 says this, I keep asking that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the glorious Father, may give you the spirit of wisdom and revelation. That's what Christy spoke about last week. So that you may know him better. I pray that the eyes of your heart may be enlightened in order that you may know the hope to which he has called you, the riches of his glorious inheritance in his holy people, and his incomparably great power for us who believe. That power is the same as the mighty strength he exerted when he raised Christ from the dead and seated him at his right hand in the heavenly realms, far above all rule and authority, power and dominion, and every name that is invoked, not only in the present age, but also in the one to come. Let's pray together. Lord, Heavenly Father, we, uh, we take this time, we commit it to you. As we look into your word today, we want to know you. 
Ultimately, everything we do is that we could know you better, we could be more like you. So this spiritual blessing we are going to talk about today, I pray that it would become real in our life, that we would know hope and joy and peace and power, Lord, that we would know that you've given that to us, and that applies to every situation in our life. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Amen. So today we're talking about the spiritual blessing of power. And I'm praying that each of us would know the power that is there for us as we are united in Christ. We would know the incomparably great power for believers. And I love that verse. I love that verse that says that you would know this great power. And I love that he follows it up with like the best example he could think of. It's like little kids in an argument and you're trying to one-up each other with, oh yeah, well my dad can bench press 300 pounds, something that my kids have never really won an argument like that. But... Like Paul kind of gives the ultimate display of power that he can think of there. You know, that, we w- that you would know the great power that you have, and then he gives the example. It's the same power that God showed when he raised Christ from the dead. That is great power. That kind of power, it's like Paul is saying, you want to know what kind of power I'm talking about? It's this kind of power. When God raised Christ from the dead, and that is available to you. And I also love the encouragement in that verse. I love the encouragement that he compares God's working in us, the work that God's doing in each of us, and some of you don't even realize that, but you're here because God is doing a work in you. He is raising you up. He is uniting you with Christ. He is making you like Christ. He's forgiving your past. All of these things, this is the work that he has done and is doing. He is bringing about the fruit of the Spirit. There's a work that God is doing in your life, right? Somebody, yeah, good, awesome. And that is like what he did with Christ in that he raised Christ from the dead. And what I love the encouragement in that verse is this. Nothing can stop the work that God is doing in your life. You might think you've hit a dead end, but God in heaven is like, you know what? That same power that raised Christ from the dead, I am using in you. Nothing's going to stop the work that Christ wants to do in your life. That's very encouraging to me. I love that. There's no power stronger than the work of God in your life what he is calling you to do, what he is raising up in you, that character of Christ in you. And the final thing about that verse that I love is this. Notice it doesn't say when Paul is talking about that power he wants us to be aware of. Notice that Paul never says, you know what, Ephesians, new believers, you that I'm writing this letter to, I pray that you would get some of that power. You know what? I pray that you'd have some of that power when you need it or that you'd find some of that power that God has for you. What's the word that he says? I pray that you would know that that power is there, that you'd realize that God has already put that in you. Because you are a follower of Christ, God has put in you this heavenly power. That's awesome. Have you ever wanted more power? Maybe your snowblower yesterday, you needed a little more power. I saw one advertised at the hardware store, a battery-powered snowblower, and I thought, I don't know. <laughs> and it said right there, more, it said power when you need it. And I said, yeah, I don't know. None of my battery-powered tools have the power when I need it. It's usually because I forgot to plug them in. But we want that power. And, we would, that I, and the prayer that Paul is praying there is great. I pray that you would know that you've already got it. So on Friday... Um, I fulfilled my end of a bargain with a guy. I met him a year ago at the Community Expo, and he's one of the owners and managers at CrossFit Calypso Gym, the CrossFit Gym in Farmington. So he had a display. It was right across from our church. And so we were talking, and I said, hey, I'll make a deal with you. If you, if you come to church, I'll come to CrossFit. 
And so he showed up to church a long time ago. And this Friday was when I finally made good on my end of the deal to go to CrossFit. And it was the first time I'd ever been to CrossFit. Now, I know what some of you are thinking. Look at him. He obviously is at CrossFit two, three times a week. <laughs> but this was, this was not, this was my first time. I've done, I've worked out before, but I went to the CrossFit gym and I tried out. There was a time during the workout of the day, the circuit that we were doing, there was some deadlifts and then some squats, and then they said headstand or handstand push-ups. I'm like, no. <laughs> but they had, they, had an, uh, they had an adaption for me. It was like putting my feet on a block and doing a push-up and all that. There was all these things, and you had to rotate these pull-ups and all these things, and you'd rotate through five times. And I wanted to be the guy, and I was wearing my Canadian shirt, my Canada Maple Leaf shirt, just so they would know not to mess with me. And... Um, <laughs> And I went, and so I started, and I realized after the first circuit of about five events, I said, I'm going to, I need more power. I, I am running out of power. And everyone else was moving ahead. And so I got lapped about my third time through the circuit. Somebody else had gone through three times. And I was like, I realized I got to do this five times, and I don't want to be the last guy. I don't want everyone to be standing there waiting for the new guy to finish. So I really searched for that power. And I'm pleased to say I did not finish last. I finished second to last. So I beat... I beat one person, and that one person was a pregnant lady. <laughs> and she is due tomorrow, okay? Now, and I'm not making that up, but I did finish before she did at CrossFit. I was looking for power, and uh, I, you might be cynical hearing me say that, thinking, yeah, you're like that snowblower at Ace Hardware. Like, the power when you need it? I don't think so. I don't think that power was there. It was not there. But that is not the case with the power that God has in us. But it's there. And Paul is praying that you'd know it, that you'd know it, that you have power in your life to live the life that God wants you to live, to do the things that God wants you to do. Power in your life that you would see God do amazing, miraculous things. And we're going to look at that this morning, that word power, that verse that talks about that power that we have. Some of you have never thought about the power of God being in you, affecting your daily life. We want to look at that today. So when we look at that word power in that verse, you may have heard this before, but the original translation of the New Testament was Greek, and the original Greek word that they used for translating to power, anyone heard of that word before? It's dunamis. I can't resist. Everyone say dunamis. I never do that. I, everyone say dunamis, power. That's the, word, that's the Greek word. It means strength or power or ability. In our English language, that word dunamis, the Greek word, got translated to power. It's where we, got the, we get the word, anything that starts with a dyna, like dynamic or dynamite. That kind of comes from that root word dunamis, powerful. Um, I was, uh, we've been researching the history of our building. Speaking of dynamite, um, we were researching the history of our new building. It was built in 1880 as a bank building, and then the upper level was a grand music hall, and that's still there, and that's the, the big hall where we're going to have our church services. But on the lower level was a bank, and the story goes that in 1894, there was a bank customer who was rather disgruntled with the bank workers. He wasn't getting the loan he wanted or whatever, whatever he wanted from the bank, he wasn't getting. So the way he showed his frustration is he went and got a stick of dynamite and threw it in the front door of the exchange bank building. And that blew out all the doors and all the windows. It was, you know, dunamis power right there in 1894. 
I was asked a couple weeks ago to go speak to a group of third graders at Riverview Elementary School because they'd been studying the history of Farmington. So they said, would you come in and talk about your building? So I told that story. And then I said all sorts of other engaging, fun stuff, right? Great facts and little trivia bits. And at the end, I said, who's got some questions? And every hand went up and every question was about the dynamite. Where did they get the dynamite? Did they make dynamite? How do you make dynamite? And I said, do not Google. Don't Google how to make dynamite. And then did they ever catch the guy who's, and they never caught the guy. So it was all questions about the dynamite. I was laughing about that this week. Thinking dynamite comes from that word dunamis. Powerful, explosive, strong. And so I wanted to look at a few times where that Greek word dunamis is used in the New Testament and just see different ways that God's power can apply to our life, okay? And that's what we're going to do in the, in the minutes we have left. Now, this was a surprise to me. If you've heard of the parable of the talents, you know the story, the parable of the talents that Jesus teaches. A master is going away, and he, he calls three of his servants together, and he says, okay, servants, I'm going to entrust some resources to you, and while I'm gone, I want you to invest them and get a return. I want you to be good stewards of the money that I give you. And so that verse in Matthew 25, verse 15, it'll be up on the screen. The man calls his servants and entrusts money to them, and then he says this in verse 15. To one he gave five bags of gold, to another two bags, and to another one bag, each according to his ability. And then he went on his journey. That word ability is from the Greek word dunamis. And so that word ability really means a strength of character, almost like a power to... um, It's a general strength for life, a strength to live, to persevere, a strength of character. It would be like saying the power to do what God wants you to do in your everyday life. That ability, according to his ability, according to his dunamis power, his strength of character. Have you ever felt like you wanted to live for God, but you just didn't have the power to do it? Like, you just kept falling short? You just kept tripping over the same temptation? You're like, oh, I just... This issue in my life, I know God wants me to move past this, but I just don't, you're like me at CrossFit on like circuit number three, I just don't have the strength to keep going. Have you ever felt like that with your faith? I, I don't know why I keep tripping over this. Well, the power, that dunamis power that is in you is the same as that word ability. God has given you the strength of character. God has put that ability in you to live the life that he wants you to live. Is it a temptation that you're trying to overcome that you just keep getting tripped up over? An area of pride or lust or anger or anything in your life you just keep falling over? God has already put the power in you to overcome that. Amen? That's good news. God has already put that in you. And I pray that you would know that. I pray that you would know that because we are united with Christ, and when I say united with Christ, I just mean you have found your salvation in him. You're a believer. You're a Christian. You're a Christ follower. Because we are united with Christ, we have dunamis power. Power to live the victorious Christian life that God wants us to live. To become more like Christ. To see the fruit of the Spirit come alive in us. Love and joy and peace and patience and goodness and kindness. To see those things come alive in us. That power, that ability, that strength of character is already in you because of Jesus Christ. 2 Timothy 1.7 says this, For God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power. Dunamis, but of dunamis power and of love and of a sound mind. That life that God wants for us to live, we have the power to do that. 
the fear that you are trying to overcome, you have the power to do that. It's in you through Christ. Now, this doesn't just happen, okay? It's in you, but it doesn't just happen, right? It's in you, but you have to know it. You have to be aware of it. You have to have the discipline to see that come about. There's a, there's a work involved. There's, this is the kind of knowledge. Being aware of this power is the kind of thing that comes from trying it out, right? Like Luke Skywalker when he's first learning how to use the force, right? He's trying it out. He's learning. Hey, I've got this power. It's in him. Sorry, Star Wars season. It's a Star Wars reference. We need to walk with God and see times when that power is evidence. This is the kind of knowledge of this power that comes from experiencing different things, walking through trials, learning to rely on his strength. There's, this comes from times when you're feeling anxious or fearful and you can't, you can't move on to that next thing. You're like, I don't know if I can do that. I'm just too afraid. I'm too afraid. It comes time when you, when you take that step and you say, no, I know by faith that that power is in me to overcome this. And that's when you begin to learn more and more about what that power is and how it works in your life. It doesn't just happen. But when you've walked with God and when you've seen him move, when you've seen him move in power, when you've taken steps of obedience, each instance, I want you to think it's like, a, it's like a brick by brick. You're just building that foundation of faith. You're building that knowledge of his power. It's the same power that raised Christ from the dead, and that power is alive in you. You have everything you need to live the life that God has for you. Nothing can stop God's purposes for you. The willingness is up to you. The willingness is up to you. You've got to be willing to do it. But the power, the ability, that dunamis power is there. Another verse that you've probably heard before, Philippians 4.13, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. That's another one. That's another word that we get from that Greek word dunamis, who gives me power. I can do all things through Christ who gives me power. Now, this verse is used a lot for personal victory. Sometimes you'll see it on the eye black of a football player on a Saturday college game, Philippians 4.13, meaning I can, you know, block the linebacker through Christ who gives me strength. I can, my football team will be victorious through Christ who gives me strength, which only goes as far as as long as you're the only Christian on the, in the field and there's no Christians on the other side because then otherwise God's out of, got, a, got a kind of a conflict. He's like, well, he can do all things through Christ, and he can do all things through Christ. Who's going to win? Like, I wonder who we should allow to win this game. It's not really to do with football, that verse, okay? Some of you were like, I wish the Gophers offensive line had some of that dunamis power yesterday during that game. When Paul wrote these words, I can do all things through Christ, he wasn't, you know, scaling a mountain, wasn't running a race, he wasn't in some sort of a battle, he wasn't on the front lines of a battle. Paul was in prison. Paul was, Paul was facing persecution. Paul was recognizing that his life was going to be taken from him soon. This is the situation he was in when he wrote those words. Paul was writing those words, I can do all things through Christ who gives me dunamis power. He was saying it. it's about living the life that honors God no matter what. I have strength in Christ to live the life that honors God no matter what. I have the strength that Christ gives me to see that power come, to see the character of Christ come, to see God's purpose in my life come, to exalt him in every way, no matter what. Paul had learned that through the power of God, the dunamis power of God, circumstance does not have any power over you anymore. Right? That's a, that should ring true to all of us. Because of the power that Christ has in us, circumstance 
bad, hard, stormy, rocky, difficult circumstances no longer has the power over us because of the dunamis power that Christ has in us. I can do all things, meaning this. I can live abundant, joyful, God-honoring life no matter what through Christ who gives me dunamis power. And some of you are, are just, you're, some of you are stuck in your growth. Some of you are just still living fearful, timid, anxious lives, unaware that you have every power from God available to you to live the life, the victorious, the triumphant, the Christ-like life that he has for you. So I'm praying that you would know it today. I'm praying that you would know it. I can only say so many things, and we're going to read the Scripture, but I'm praying that God would reveal that to you. And we're going to have a time at the end in a few minutes that we pray together, and I'm just praying that God would reveal it, that you would know this power that is in you. How do we do it? I, I mean, it's just a, it's walking with God. It's, it's taking day by day, fixing your eyes on him. When you're facing circumstances, it's a discipline of the mind saying, I'm not going to choose to think the negative thing. I'm not going to choose to think the worst about that person or this circumstance or my lot in life or this anxiety that I'm facing or whatever it is. But in faith, I'm going to say God's power is in me, and I'm going to fix my eyes on that. I'm going to fix my eyes on the truth of Scripture. And it might not feel like it at first, but you're going to fix your eyes, and you're going to walk, and you're going to, in your heart, you're going to focus on the things that are pure and true. You're going to train your thoughts. You're going to apply Scripture. There's going to be times when you, re- where you face a temptation that you've been given into every day of your life, and you're going to say, you know what? This time, I'm not, and by faith, I'm going to apply the power that God has in my life to resist that temptation. And the more you do it, the more power is going to be evident to live the life that God has for you to do. Another use of this word dunamis is found in Acts chapter 19. I wanted to read a couple verses from Acts chapter 19. This is a great story. I love this story. Acts chapter 19, verse 11. This is, um, this is talking about the life of Paul. This is, the, uh, you know, this is the story of all the things that Paul was doing, God doing miracles through Paul. It says this, 19 verse 11, it says this, God did extraordinary miracles through Paul. Word miracles. See, you're getting, the, you're getting the trend here. I've highlighted the word miracles also from dunamis, dunamis power. God did extraordinary dunamis miracles through Paul so that even handkerchiefs and aprons that had touched him were taken to the sick and their illnesses were cured and the evil spirits left them. Some Jews who went around driving out evil spirits tried to invoke the name of the Lord Jesus over those who were demon-possessed. Okay, so you've got these other guys who were trying to get this power for power's sake. They liked what Paul was doing. They saw the influence that Paul had, and they wanted this power for them so that they could be influential people. Okay, some Jews who went around driving out evil spirits tried to invoke the name of the Lord Jesus over those who were demon-possessed. And they would say, in the name of Jesus, whom Paul preaches... Get that they don't really have a personal connection with Jesus. This is not about a faith in Jesus. They're saying, in the name of Jesus, whom that guy professes, in the name of Jesus, whom Paul preaches, I command you to come out. Seven sons of Siva, a Jewish priest, were doing this. One day, the evil spirit answered them. So I'm mad, So picture this with me. This is a story that happened, okay? There's these guys who are trying to cast out a demon-possessed person. And they're saying, in the name of Jesus, whom Paul preaches, come out of that person. And the evil spirit begins to talk to them. One day the evil spirit answered them, verse 15. And he says this, Jesus I know, 
and Paul I know about, but who are you? <laughs> I love that. I've never heard of you guys before, you sons of Siva. Who are you? And then the man who had the evil spirit jumped on them and overpowered them all. He gave them such a beating that they ran out of the house naked and bleeding. That's pretty funny. I mean, I like that story. When this became known to the Jews and the Greeks living in Ephesus, they were all seized with fear, and then get this, and the name of the Lord Jesus was held in high honor. Many of those who, many of those who believed now came and openly confessed what they had done. So that's a great story. A couple of things in that story that I want to highlight today. This word dunamis, power, doesn't just mean a strength of character, the ability to live life the way God wants you to. That's one of the meanings. Another meaning is miraculous power, dunamis power, explosive power, like circumstance-altering power, okay? This is miracle-working power that God has. Now, this is part of our faith. We don't just believe in the natural. We believe in the supernatural, that there are times where God can intervene in a circumstance and perform a miracle. I've seen it in my family. I've seen it in our church. Maybe you've seen it in your health or in the health of a loved one or in another circumstance where you were at the end of your road and you said, I don't know what we're going to do. And the dunamis power of God came in and performed a miracle. Has anyone ever experienced something like that? We've experienced that. And I'm praying that you would know that power, that you would see God's power intervene in your circumstances. But this is another example of that word dunamis, miraculous power, the power to pray for the sick and to see them healed. Again, not in our own strength, as these sons, seven sons of Siva, it's alliteration, they found out the hard way, right? Beaten up, running out of there, bleeding and naked, because it wasn't for our sake, this power, but it's for the sake that God would be exalted. Those verses I read at the end, because of this story, the name of Jesus was held in high regard. So we pray for people who are sick, because we know that God's power can heal them. Amen? We know it. And we want all attention not to be drawn to us, but to be drawn to Jesus so that the name of Jesus would be held in high honor. I believe that two things will happen when we see miracles. First of all, for the person who is sick and made well, well, that's life-changing. And also, that is going to be the thing that opens the eyes to a lot of people in our community to say, wow, this Jesus must be real. The name of Jesus will be held in high regard because of the power of God on display. So the takeaway here is this, using this example of dunamis power, not just the strength to live the life that God has for you, but this dunamis miraculous power. The takeaway for you is this, is no matter what you're facing today, God's miracle working power is available. It's there. It's in you. And it's not like an Avengers thing. It's, a, it's the supernatural because we're united in Christ. We have power available to us, God's power to see miracles take place. So I want this to be a, a beacon of hope for you who are facing something difficult. Don't give up. Keep praying. Keep praying that God's power would be evident, that God's dunamis, miracle, working power would be evident in every situation. There's not a situation that you're in that is hopeless. There's nothing that's beyond repair. There's not a sickness or a disease that God cannot heal. He specializes in hopeless situations. He specializes in bringing dunamis power into our circumstances. So I'm praying that we would know it. I'm praying that we would see it. We're going to have a time at the end of the service where we're going to pray 
for different things. Pray that the strength of character, the strength of godly character would be in us, that we would know it, that we could live the life that God has. And we're also going to pray for those who need a miracle, that God would intervene with dunamis power. Finally, one other thing that I wanted to mention, one other use of this word dunamis means this. It means a position of power or an authority. Think of someone who is in power, someone who is in authority. That word dunamis also applies to that. So an example of this is found in Luke chapter 9. This is Jesus calling his 12 disciples together. Luke chapter 9 verse 1 says this. When Jesus had called the 12 together, he gave them power, dunamis power, and authority to drive out all demons and to cure diseases. He sent them out to proclaim the kingdom of God and to heal the sick. This is a position of power that we have because of Christ. Okay? We have an authority. And again, it's nothing in our own strength. But because of the work that Christ has done, because we are, according to Scripture, adopted as children of God, sons and daughters of God, we share in the authority of Christ. What we read about through Ephesians, the first chapter of Ephesians, was all about how Christ has been placed in ultimate authority over every ruler, over every dominion, over every kingdom. Christ is supreme. And we, as sons and daughters of Christ, have that same authority. God has placed us in union with Christ. I was at um, Blue Nose Coffee a couple nights ago, and the owner, I've gotten to know the owner and his wife, and they have, you know, what must be a three-year-old daughter. She was running around Blue Nose Coffee. They were doing work. She was walking around like she owned the place, right? I've experienced this with my kids when they were younger because dad's the pastor. We get to walk around and do whatever we want. I was that way as a pastor's kid when I was growing up, so now it's time for me to, I guess, reap what I've sown with my children. But at Blue Nose, this three-year-old was walking around, and you could just see it. She's like, I, I can go back here. I can walk through this door. I can do this. She had in her this kind of authority, right? She just had this ability to say, you know what? I'm with them, and they're in charge, right? I'm, I'm their kid, and they're in charge, so I get to kind of walk around with a little swagger. And that's what she was doing. She definitely, definitely had that swagger. Maybe you've seen that maybe in my kids as they say, yeah, the rules maybe don't apply to me as much because I'm the pastor's kid. Or maybe that was just me growing up. It's a position of power, nothing that we've done to earn it, but because we are united in Christ. You live each day in an authority that Christ has given you, a victory over your circumstances that Christ has given you, a power to walk through any circumstances, say, I'm not going to be tossed around by that. I'm not going to be led astray by that. I'm not going to be bound by the chains that have bound me in the past. It's like you have that authority through your union with Christ. You're saying, I'm with him, and he's in charge. Right? I'm with Christ, and he's in charge over everything, over every spirit, every dominion, every power, every circumstance, every storm. They all bow at the name of Jesus Christ, and we're with him. That's great news, dunamis power because of our union with Christ. And I'm mentioning this to you so that you would have that recognition and that knowledge that this is in you. Because sometimes what happens, and I experience this as the pastor, 
This is not a thing that needs to be mediated by a pastor or a man of God or a woman of God, okay? If you're facing something, some people still have that, that idea of, well, I need to get to church so I can have one of the pastors pray for me. And that's fine. We love praying for you. The leaders here, the pastors here, we will pray for you and we'll walk with you. But I want you to know that this is you, This is in you. So you don't need to think, well, I need to go find the pastor so he can pray. You need to realize God's dunamis power is in me. I have this authority. I am a son or a daughter of God. And I can stand in authority and with a prayer of authority and confidence pray that God's power would intervene. This is not something that you have to come and do through the pastor of the church. Okay, and I, if you want someone to pray for you, we'll do it. I've already said that. But I want you to know this is you. You don't need a mediator between you and God. There's lots of years where the Christian faith was built on a mediator, going to a priest or a temple or a man or woman of God to, to, to make the prayer for you, to say the blessing for you. This is your faith. God's power is in you. You need to own it. You need to grow in it. And you need to stand in that authority that Christ has given you. Amen? So I'm just, I'm, I'm praying that we would grow in this, that we would know it, that we would live in this position of power. So a lot of times you come to church and you hear a sermon and you're like, great, I hear all these words and it's motivational and maybe, hopefully, be like, what does that mean? How do I do this? What does that look like? Tomorrow morning when you wake up facing another week and your circumstances are all there, what does that look like? What can the power of God look like in your life? Maybe it's strength, just knowing that you have the strength to grow to do what God has for you, to live the life that will exalt him in every way, to live victorious over your sin, your past, the chains that bind you. Maybe it's just recognizing the power is in you to break those chains of addiction or sin or temptation, right? And maybe it's recognizing that there is miracle-working power. Again, maybe there's something that you have prayed for for years and you've just given up saying, well, God just doesn't want to do anything about that. I want your faith to be lifted today knowing that there's power available, that God is moving in power. Amen? 